Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with John Borshoff of Deep Yellow. We talk macro, PFS, DFS. We talk money, we talk MA, and we talk about getting the band back together. If you want our thoughts on that conversation, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. We can also find detailed company reports and analysis. I think you might enjoy uh, that as a learning experience. There are summaries of other interviews that we've done to save you some time. There are training courses to help you with your diligence process. There's also commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities. That is truly fascinating. Weekly series in there uh, that you should enjoy. Plus a big thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe, friendly environment, free from trolling and abuse. That sounds nice to you. Go and join the waitlist now. And uh, you'll find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. John Borshoff, how are you, sir? Very well, thank you. Long, good to be back. Well, good, good. It's, been, it's wonderful to have you back. It's been far, far too long, but I see you've been quite busy. So we, we had to speak to you, had to talk to you. But So where are you? In the office? I'm in the office, Perth. We're out of lockdown and uh, we seem to be starting to get the vaccination starting yesterday, I think, over the east. So, but we still can't travel overseas. So that's a... That's a Oh, disappointment. We'll get there. We'll, we'll absolutely get there for sure. Well, I'm, I'm delighted to have you on the show, mainly because um, of your ability to predict the future. You're the only person I've spoken to in the last two years who's kind of got the pricing component right. So I'm, I'm, I want more from you today, John. But before we do, why don't you give me a one minute bit overview of the business for people new to your story, and then we'll pick up some of the um, topics that we want to discuss today. Okay, so we're we're putting we've got an organic uh, growth component and an inorganic, which is a a sector consolidation. Um, What we've been focusing on the on the above above the radar or above the horizon is been our work that we've done uh, adding value through the drill bit in Namibia, and and certainly uh, we have uh, identified a project. Uh, got to a size where it justified a, a study, uh, scoping study came out with positive January last year, now finished a very successful PFS and we're on the way uh, toward completing a, a DFS on a, on a larger expanded model. So we're very happy with that. The team's enthused and uh, we've got a lot of other things happening on the sidelines. Beautiful. Okay, Th- thanks for that. We'll get into some of those topics and, and more in a, in a second. I want to talk a bit uh, about the market, if I may. Over the last 18 months, there's been lots of these catalyst moments. I think you've been steadily ignoring them. Was, was that just noise on the line for you, or was the, the outcome result so obvious that you were able to call the you know pricing in the market? Well, basically, my, my opinion is, is that you really look at the. You really have to look at the attitude of the utilities and look at look at their eyes when they're talking and what their attitude is. It whether there's a shortage or whether there's a surplus, whatever they believe is is how how the market's going to respond. And and for me, all of these efforts, which have been worthwhile, mothballing, shutting down, um, producers thinking that by shutting down. They're going to scare the pants off the utilities, and price would increase. And in fact, the 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 back market has been sort of supplying with that 
diminishing inventory, and none of that has worked. And, and for me, uh, until that utility complacency disappears, until I believe that nobody is going to put real serious development money into projects without a six in front of it and, uh, and the pound, uh, that we, we're going to have this sort of belief, false belief, that everything's okay, you know, and uh, and the, the supply will come. But it's just whatever what's happened in the last eighteen months is um, the the market has sucked out what in you know the inventories and whatever you thought about it before. It's less now, and um, but I, I just I just think there's still uh, a little bit of ways to go. I think that uh, until the, the market is truly tested in that shortage area and, uh, and then people realise that, oh, the shortage is only two, three years away, but to get a development going is seven to eight years away and that then has, I mean, development in terms of getting it up to full, full production, commissioning, ramp up, building and all of those sort of things that come into play. So there is something happening. It's a fantastic situation that we're in, and it's all great for the for the, the producers and uh, the budding producers. Absolutely. So obviously, you're, you're referring to people like Kazatom Prom and Kamako, um, you know, not Moth, um, putting putting uh, their projects in care maintenance, so their sort of supply to the market's being reduced. But you're also indicating that you don't think that's enough to get the utilities to take it seriously because there's they've got inventory. There's some mobile inventory still in the marketplace. So what's it going to take for them to take it seriously, using your, your word? First of all, when, when the utilities go into, into market and, uh, and when they uh, seek pounds but they don't get response uh, for it. Um, that, because don't forget, that in, the, in the market that is, uh, it'll be, let's say, 70% will be supplied by existing production and there'll be renewal of contracts, there'll be first right of refusals, all of this, and gradually people will start going over that amount and uh, or over that supply. And so where, where my prediction is, is that when that is recognised, it's not going to be 50 cent increase today and another 25 or 10 cents the next day that period will be one where realization, that oh hell moment, and uh, and and everybody will start crowding in. Some trying to save their position beyond their, their shortage, others trying to fill in, and that that's when uh, uh, things will get uh, interesting, in my opinion. The the um, and and the the bigger producers, they they have a role of you know coming in and being. Uh, overly conservative and uh, steady, steady. But even they're getting a little bit of a shrill sense in their voices and this frustration that nothing's sort of happening. Again, the, even, the, even the majors are looking at the juniors of over-promising, making supply a simple equation at this sort of pounds. So we're, you know, and, and, and where OPEXs and CAPEXs can be... Uh, discussed and, 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 and debated uh, in an untested, unproven group, and uh, and but the the utilities don't see that. But all they see is here are these companies that are under governance uh, sort of systems that they can't just talk nothing. 
And they're saying they're going to produce tens and tens of thousands of pounds per annum, just like that, which is not going to happen. And that's not against anything. It's just, it just it take, it's a slow, hard job to get production uh, going for one company and in unison to try and build up is, an, is, an, is a doubly, triply difficult task. It, it's interesting because you've got people like obviously like Traytech and UXC in the market who you know try and forecast you know the the, the supply and, and, and demand in, in the marketplace and they're putting this they're putting the pricing out twenty twenty five at forty five forty five bucks I think you're mm-hmm. you're quite similar but you've also got a lot of company CEOs you've got a lot of the funds you've got a lot of people talking a bit a bit more. Um, of a promote game, their drive, they've got a slightly different agenda, it seems, or it could be interpreted um, in the marketplace where they're saying, no, the market's going to recover, pricing's going to recover stronger than that, quicker than that. Why, why do you think you're right and they're wrong? Well, yeah, this business about how uranium price will track and without people thinking of the sort of human psychology that goes with that and where certain companies are, are being held, and we, if you imagine a, a price that tracks and goes to between 40 and $45 and stays there for a while, it's going to cause all sorts of calamities, both to the major producers and to those juniors that, are, that want the kudos of being first cab of the brain. Why the goodness they want to do that is not me. But anyway, that's what they want to do. So the the... There's, there's very little doubt that you might be able to burn up a project, a, a, a deposit that somebody else found for you uh, uh, 30 years ago, and now you, you, you've got sort of 10, 10, 12 years life out of it. But what happens after that? Who, who's going to replace that deposit? And you need, you need a viable industry that can explore, that can put money, that can replace pounds, and, and shareholders to get rewarded, volatility of uranium price with people can say, oh, just on a on a two-year price up, up, you know, increase. Am I going to, you know, commit the company to $200 million or whatever the, whatever the, uh, uh, the capex is? No. So these things will start start to play. And uh, I firmly believe that, um, you know, the, the message that goes out to the market for people to hear and even Cameco is saying, indicating this to a degree, they may re-institute their mothball projects at 50 or whatever it might be, but new projects, no. We need 60. We need, we need something and we need long-term uh, surety that that price is going to maintain and you just don't spend the money and you end up on your, on your bum because you know, you, you're then sort of in a, in a loss situation. No industry can sustain what, in fact, it's a bloody shame and an embarrassment where the industry is, it has been so long that the only way it survives uh, is, is through uh, historical contracts that are giving a little bit of a pittance at about $40 a pound and the operate, if it was on to be on operating costs, there'd be hardly any money in it, even on the majors. <laughs> and no industry is going to survive on that, and it isn't. So all of this is going to turn around, and the um, and I think that that, that 
I mean, the message that I've given out is, look, I'm not going to move below 60, 65, no matter what the project is. Let everybody have a go. Let them do. Oh, 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 wait. I want to reward my shareholders in terms of what I think uh, uh, they, can, they can get. So you, and, uh, so and that's where I think the market is. Right. So you see, you're, you are aligned with most CEOs in that, in that sense that you, ever, you want six, you want six, a six handle on it. It needs to be 60 and a bore mm. above at some, some point. Yeah. Do you think then, and what's your timing on, on that production? When do you think it's going to hit that, those sorts of numbers? Uh, I, I believe those, those prices will be touched uh, toward the end of 2022. I've never made a prediction like this. But I th and and the, my reason is, is that at that stage, um, uh, the, there will have to be some testing of that shortage period. And we're not dealing with a vernier scale here, you know, to say, oh, you know, July 2024 is when it's going to be. This is a crude mechanism, you know, a shortage, goodness me. So even earlier uh, uh, production will be will be will be scarce. So the about yeah late 2022 for 2024-25 productions, and um, and that's new developments. You know uh, some of the ones that have got some uh, existing capacity in the ground where they're mothballed or whatever uh, 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 may think that you know a. A forty-five, fifty. I'd, I'd, I'd just, you know, they've got a you know, fifty-five. About, you know, they, they have, uh, they'll have some muscle uh, in, in, in their, in their, in their sort of viability. But that's where it'll, it'll, it'll be. And, and, and when it goes to fifty or fifty-five, what's to stop it going higher? You know, where, 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 which, which simpleton supplied demand. A theorist is going to be sitting there and saying, "Oh well, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah this one crosses that one, and that we got we got equilibration." Well, equilibration is when you're when you've got so much petrol in your tank and your body, you know, still thirty minutes from the airport. There's other there's other factors and supply demand come into your head. You'd pay anything for that extra fuel to get to where you're going, and that's the sort of uh, emotions that, that that will inevitably come to play as people realise. There's a lot of experts talking that know what they're doing on the supply side. Producers, people that have been in that game, understand it. And, and how can a utility tell us, me, what I'm, what I'm, how I'm doing it and what are my problems? It's like me telling him how to build an SMR uh, bloody reactor. I haven't got a clue how to build it. Can't, you know, I've got some principal ideas about what they feed me, and I take that on board. But the the supply industry is crying out to survive, and these are very real. When you get away from the sort of from the corrugations of of promotion and talking, what every producer is that thankfully they're there. Unfortunately, some of them are getting knocked off their purchase for various reasons, and um, and the um, where they thought they had a project but they haven't, or you know it's in a place where it can't go, and and so there's not more coming on. There's less coming on. The only one that's come on in the last four years, five, is the the Tumas deposit on on Namibia, and um, uh, before that there were the fabulous Next Gen and you know Vision ones that. That, that, that sort of came, came in. 
But that's the one project, one mind, one, no matter how big, is not, going, it's not the answer here. As uh, Tim Gitzel said, it needs three or four MacArthur's a, uh, every a couple of years. And, and it's really obvious what, uh, what, what, needs to, what needs to happen uh, in terms of effort, capital going into the system, expertise coming in. And, uh, and within that sort of uh, amazing growth, a few project failures allow for that to happen. And, uh, and that's where I think sometimes uh, UXCs and all of these organisations are sort of so distant and they're so spreadsheet controlled and they, they, just, they just can't sort of quite see it in a, in a, in a, real, in a real sense of, you know, the, uh, with, the, with the blood, sweat and the tears of what it takes to get a pound out of the ground. Totally. Into a drum. Totally. So at the moment, buyer's market, what can, what can people like Cameco, Kazatomprom do um, in terms of you know, leading from the front? Because the, the, the price sensitivity for them is obviously not as great because they can produce at lower, lower costs. Um, and also they don't necessarily want a lot of competition coming in at, at this point. You know, so th- there's, there's a point at which suits them, but not necessarily the rest of the marketplace. But the, on the demand side, you kind of need all of the above. And as the, within scenarios that you've outlined, not everyone's going to be able to get into production because it's technically very difficult. There's, there aren't necessarily the skills there to do that these days. Um, and you know, some of the assets just clearly aren't ever going to be economic at even 60, 60 bucks. So ha, what's the contribution required from Cameco and Kazatomprom to enable the... the um, uranium sector to actually survive, not necessarily th- thrive, yeah. but survive. Yeah. So what Cameco and Kazatomprom have done, even though they wouldn't have uh, liked it, don't like it, they, they've played the long game. They've played the game, and it's not playing the game. They've, they've sort of said, okay, we're looking at shutting down production. We're going to do this. We've got, we can sustain. We've got sort of contracts, and, uh, and so in, in that, a result happens in a horizon that is probably frustrates the eager beavers around them, and, and they do feel a responsibility of stable markets, and, you know, uh, and they're not just going to pull the pin and stop everything. So, so I don't think the Cameco's can do, or the, the bigger producers, put Arano in there, can do much more than just, for them, even though what they've done has been fairly dramatic when you think about it. And, um, and, uh, but once they've now done that, they're, they're increasing uh, their, their, uh, uh, the force in their talk is that we're not going to bring these on unless, it's, unless it is for a reason for it. And, the, and, and, and there's a real tricky situation happening here. If, if the um, uranium price stays at, six, at 35, 30, $35 to 45 and what happens here, it's neither here nor there. It's a sort of a twilight zone. So at the moment, Cameco can pick up stock at $25, $28, whatever it is, and, and clip the coupon and, and sell it in at $38. So now that can happen, but, you know, they're not going to clip the coupon at $3 sort of uh, difference. That makes them a, 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 like one of these traders. 
So then they'll, they'll be forced maybe, and I'm just conjecture here, is they have to be forced to restart a MacArthur because the coupon clip is bigger on a, on a production, but not quite what they would have liked to have locked in these long-term contracts because the, the whole thing is that you need contracts that are long-term at prices that are, that are open and, and uh, or mark, market-related at term, so you don't have to lock it in, but if it's, if it's 70, you get 70, if it's, you know, and uh, uh, if it's 30, you get 30, or, or whatever it might be. So there's a bit of, bit of, it's not a simple Simon thing about how these big companies and also how the small companies uh, sort of restart and put new batteries in their, in their mothballed plants and kick the starter button and, and when they start and how they start. There is, a, there, is a, there is a whole lot of things that have to connect in terms of sales prices, uh, where they're going, what time, whether they're going to create legacy contracts for their, for their shareholders or too much legacy contract, how much of that they have to commit uh, of that product to leave free board for, you know, more the, the upside and... Uh, so these are these are some sort of hard tasks that'll 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 actually frustrate the the producers and 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 I believe cause even more of a filter to supply than one would think. It's 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 not a clean clean start, you know. That oh, it's there off off we all go. And as you say, uh, of the of the X amount, there's only going to be a certain amount that'll qualify for early start, presuming there's a an escalating uranium price going, and then a certain of the others are at a, at a, at a, a, a sometime later, and some of the others are filling in the back area. So all those pounds are distributed through time by the very nature of capex and opex and uranium price, and and you know how that escalates. So that that part is, I think, uh, something that needs to be unravelled a little bit more. I think it's interesting with regards to all of this, some of the new entrants which have come in and some of the new stories that are being created and generated in terms of uranium juniors. Um, and I suspect there'll be a lot more once things start to, to pick up as per last cycle. Um, you talk about it a lot. Um, haven't got the necessary expertise in the sector anymore because it's been a while. People have left the sector, retired, etc. And you've got a lot of young teams talking the game and they're talking the game around what they think they're going to be able to, well, one, that they're going to be able to produce pounds out of the ground, and two, the kind of indicating sort of pricing that they would hope to be able to produce at. But it's more, it's more complicated than that. It's not as easy as some people think, is it? No. No, it's, it's uh, the easiest one is starting a gold mine where, where all you've got to do is worry about getting gold at a profit up there, but not who's going to buy it. On what basis they're going to buy it, and and all of that, uh, and then everything else to degrees gets more complicated, and then finally you've got your uranium market, which is, you know, it's got its little trickeries, it's got its uh, non-transparencies, um, it suffers from its military history in terms of, you know, secret squirrel stuff that used to go on, and nobody knows each other's contracts. So all of those more confound the market, and 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 basically all of the ones that are sort of on top of the game, trying to predict the market is they're trying to see through this veil, and uh, you just have to listen to them in the World Nuclear Association. And 
and what goes on there from the two sides, you know, and you think, how the hell can you make an industry out of this when you've got so many conservative technocrats on the on the demand side? And uh, I'll tell you what, if it was an, uh, you know, industrials need vision, they need they need conviction, uh, they need to be optimistic, and not to, you know, you don't get the Elon Musk's by saying, oh, I don't know. You know, this may happen or that may happen, and you don't sort of get to where these these people go and get a rocket up, then land it where 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 it came from occasionally, but it's still is amazing. And NASA's been doing it for fifty years and can't get you know can't get them back within you know one thousand kilometers of where they took off from. But that's 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 this industry. That's the um, uh, the uh, you say, God, you know, what more can you want in an industry that is so available to, to fix or help assist fix these problems that are up ahead that are emerging day by day? And you say, oh, well, last year there was only one, one country that said zero emissions by 2050. Now they're stacking up along the line and without a technology to do it. And you, you've got to think that, you know, those people that are, on the on the demand side, say, well, look, this this is what we're about. This is what our our nuclear industry, you know, muscled up can deliver sustainably, nearly forever, and it, it really it makes renewables subordinate to the problem that's up ahead. So tell, just, tell me this, I, I, and I get your point, and, and I don't want to get into the renewables discussion with you today, but I, maybe we can come back to it, but. Give us a give us a bit of an insight. What what the conversations at say like the the WNA or, or elsewhere, where you know a few people, you produce quite a few you know pounds, um, and you know you've got long established relationships, and and we've spoken to a couple of utilities ourselves, and it, and it seems to be some of these. I just wonder the degree of frustration for you with some of these new stories coming into the marketplace, making big claims about what they will be able to do, and the market's listening because you know one they're raising money and two people are buying the shares, right? So, but from our understanding, the utilities are kind of just you know shaking their heads and going, "Not ever will that company get into production." They they know that they're you know they're smart guys. They know, but at the same time, they're not. Moving as, as per the beginning of this conversation, they're not taking this seriously yet. So there's a kind of there's a sort of disconnect between in there somewhere, isn't there? Yes, yes, for certain news. The when you, when you realise how much of the industry is is uh, you know is looked after, if I want for want of a better word, by public servants. Or, or people in public service that are running a utility and they're just engineers, technocrats, and uh, and really have never faced, you know, real risk, belief in a vision, and try and do things like like what some people used to do uh, in the in the nuclear in a, uh, you know startup in the 70s. So so essentially, you've got entrepreneurs like Bill Bill Gates. Who is avidly supporting? He's got the money. He's pouring money into things. He's saying, "Guys, this is what we need to do. This is what we need." You got New Scale or these these smaller enterprising groups. Uh, Rolls Royce is now, uh, you know, 
uh, starting to come up. Um, but of the big ones, the the uh, the Koreans, they're they're good. China is probably of all of the sort of you know, uh, uh, criticism, their public service has actually promoting the industry, they're committing money, they want to go ahead and they need electricity. So the in that way, the, the industry is its own, is its worst enemy in terms of uh, the demand people, oh, no, 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 we can't say another reactor from that country. Oh, no, 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 this one's done that. By God, you've got to look at it beyond that and look at what the system needs and build your vision in amongst that. But these guys can't talk. They're not bosses of the washers. There are some, some very, very good people out of countries that are that are vocal as anything and and uh, and really understand uh, that that this is, that industry is 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 there for the taking, uh, but only for. Uh, and I'm on the wrong. I'm off, off track here, I know, but it is really an important side, and uh, and of course the the on the supply side of the uh, WNA, there are not that many experienced people in that supply side as well. Yes, you've got your good old usual suspects of you know Cameco and uh, and Prom, and uh, but but it has the industry has suffered in depth from all these sort of events that have happened over the last sort of. 40 years that have sort of diminished that pool and diminished the companies that have got operation, et cetera, as we see today. And um, so in that side, um, there are more people, I feel, promoting the industry outside of the actual uh, industry. The, the supply side are natural promoters because they that's how they they they, they work and most of these companies are, are you know, private enterprise uh, companies. And um, But there has to be... Uh, you know, real conviction there. Uh, and it will grow. The industry will grow in spite of as these other pressures come uh, uh, on uh, electricity generation and, and what, what, its, what its attributes need to be to satisfy certain objectives. Okay, and, and, I, and I see we should probably get off the macro and on, on to you guys in a second, but I obviously see a um, press release coming out of Australia with regards to, you know, Saying that uh, nuclear is critical to future energy supplies, mm. and we're talking about like, potentially five reactors. I don't know whether SMRs or what scale it's going to be. I think it's early days yeah, for that yeah. one. But yeah, the, the the dialogue is definitely happening now. I'm just very conscious. I could talk to you all day about um, the marketplace, but that's not why you're here. Deep yellow. You've uh, you've been busy since we last spoke. PFS has come out. You you've said okay, you're happy with the numbers. It it's what you thought it would be. Is is that correct? So what we've, what we've got is, uh, and you've got to appreciate that this is a brand spanking new PFS on a brand new uh, deposit that four or five years ago wasn't even there. So we, we sort of committed to a, a, a geological belief and understanding, mainly because of our familiarity with that whole region, and, and, and pursued something that few believe. And we then tripled the resource base um, and 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 it quickly or it became evident that the rest of my team who are the technical guys that build mines that design the whole thing look guys we can do something with this and we moved into a PFS now the PFS where it comes from it is from an in, from an internal uh, uh, sort of IP 
We haven't gone out and just sort of, oh, yeah, you do this bit, you do this bit that comes in from the outside and we just, you know, can't intellectualize, can't argue it. This is something that we know we can build. We know the numbers that are there. Uh, uh, it can be uh, done on those numbers. So the, the PFS has got a certain, I believe, an authority and veracity that can stand scrutiny. And there are a lot of things underneath there that, that would uh, uh, surprise people in terms of how they're going to benefit the, 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 the DFS and beyond that, you know, going into production because of the financial models that are, that are there constructing around. So we've got a, a project that, and what did we do with the PFS? We looked at the size of the resource base and we said, look, we've got a test uh, with the PFS test certain critical elements of this, and then from that use the PFS as the springboard to where we think we could get a DFS to. So we, we tested 50% of the mineral resource base, and this is really important, and it was an inferred and got it to indicated, 95% indicated, and of that, 63% went to the reserve, and finally that created, uh, you know, the, the, the basis of the nearly 12-year mine life operation. But what, what was really the important part is our confidence in that conversion. So the, that 50% now is, 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 is the, a base and we will convert the balance of the identified resource, the 50%, and aiming a, a DFS at 20 years. But the real important part is beyond the DFS scope, is we've only tested 50% of this 125 kilometre uh, pallier drainage. And, and we still have 50% of that exploration upside for more resource. So even if, you know, you say, oh yeah, pessimistically, we get another 10 years. Overall, outside the scope of how the DFS will, will, will project, we've got another 10 years behind. This is a great project. And, uh, and we're specialists, really, at low-grade exploitation. And that system that we started off in Langer Heinrich and now have developed it even further in terms of efficiency and what we can do is, is enabling us to, to, to really end up, you know, with, even with the PFS, we've got an EBITDA of 90 million US a year. And, uh, and, and, it's, and it's true. It's a... Got, it's got good numbers and we over-delivered on our, on our scoping study and we will over-deliver, I believe, in our DFS from what we're projecting uh, uh, in what we've stated in our, in our PFS. Okay. So I've got to... So I, it is a, I, it let, is me, a great, I, let me ask, John, because again, it, I've got to deal with some of the stuff which people nearer to the marketplace would be asking, which is when they see a company kind of skip a few stages with the scoping studies, et cetera, maybe they would have cause for concern. You're saying your track record and what you've seen in the PFS gives you permission, as far as the market is concerned, to skip a stage and go straight to DFS. Oh, a PFS... Is, is done, it did exactly what we wanted it to do. We've done test work, metallurgical test work. We tried uh, some advancement on things we knew and they, they, they proved positive, uh, uh, characterising the ore body, understanding it in terms of the similarities of what we're used to. So this PFS has, in a, in a technical processing sense, done all that we need to do and the DFS will optimise those. But what is really behind that is our confidence to convert 
another lot of resources, two reserves that will enable us to get to a, uh, a DFS. We haven't missed any steps. We've gone from a scoping study to a PFS to a now going into a DFS, and, and which will be a bankable document. Um, so we haven't missed any steps in that sense. Well, and I think but I think people understand the take, terminology, John, you know, go PEA, PFS, feasibility yeah. study, definitive yeah. feasibility study, right? So in that sense, people would think there's a, a stage missed here. But I don't want to hark on about that one because I think you, you, you will probably quite you argue the point quite well, I suspect. But I want to ask the next question, which is you're using the phrase, it's like Langer Heinrich. So what degree of certainty, technically or otherwise, do you, are you able to use that phrase? Because again, the, the, the industry is littered with neurology and it's like, you know, gold people are like, oh, it's like Fosterville, because Fosterville is a huge success. So Give me your certainty. What's why? Why in your head you go? That's a perfectly reasonable don't thing ever, to say. Don't ever think I'm using the bloody neurology of, of, of uh, Langer to bloody well promote. Uh, I know more about Langer than, than probably those people that are there. But anyway, uh, Langer is a is a uh, in a paleo channel, fertile paleo channel, which has one mineral of uranium is called carnitite, in amongst uh, sort of old river sediments. You come to the Tumas Paleo Channel, it's the same Paleo Channel uh, system, river system. Uh, it's got the same depositional uh, uh, um, sediments in it. It may be a little bit finer grained. And the uranium is in the same base as what it is at Langer. So the mineralogy and, and how that mineralogy acts to process is... Exactly the same. I mean, it's no, this is not a complex sulfide deposit where it's got all sorts of different things that come into it. It is, it is a, uh, the, these deposits work remarkably similarly and, uh, and, and the tumors deposit is, yeah, what is it? Four, four meters to 25 meter average depth, uh, over, over a, a long, uh, you know, linear length and they're remarkably consistent. And there's no, there's no other minerals in it apart from a complex of uranium and vanadium. And, and that's why I'm saying it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Langer equivalent so people can understand. Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful. Good enough for me. Good enough for me. Um, a few other things have happened, John. Uh, I, I'm excited for the fact you've kind of brought the band back together. You've got some of the ex-Paladin guys, uh, have uh, come aboard. Um, they're obviously buying into the story too. I think that should that should say a lot. Um, you've also raised forty million bucks in an SPP. Why now? Was that always part of the plan? Well, why now is that I believe the the run for for shareholder wealth will for us start from now. And uh, and we we've stated uh, our our. Um, our use of funds are for uh, completion of that DFS, which will take a certain amount of funds. Uh, expiration upside, uh, as I mentioned, beyond what the DFS is. And we're looking some other targets with our Japanese friends next door. And we are also then uh, looking at uh, our, our M&A. And the, and the whole thing is, is that this, this needs to uh, needs to be sort of executed upon within the next 18 months. 
and and we need a war chest that is commensurate with the the vision that we have. It's it's not sort of you know oh yeah we've just got this single trick pony and we're going to just develop that and you know what, what else are you going to do? And so the scope of what is available to us means that 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 amount of funds is necessary to have uh, as you talk to other people, as you go to even getting to the next phase of our DFS pre pre financing. Um, so I think that it's a, a really appropriate amount of funds uh, that uh, we uh, that we got and that will will hold us and the shareholders in good stead. Okay, and, and I, know, I know you you've probably gone out and told the story a lot, so I don't necessarily want to get you to repeat the same stuff that you've already put in the market. But I'm keen to understand of of, of those uh, applications, uses of funds. You've got ex- expiration. You've got the Nova JV with Jogmec. Obviously, and you talked the M and A um, game. You know when we last spoke, and you have done for three or four years now. Is how are you prioritising the money in terms of what's what's most important in terms of building value for your shareholders? If you can, if you can put a percentage, I would say equally. I'd say equally the um, uh, our M and A and our our DFS are equal. You've you've got to see that when we look at a project through our skill set, through our IP. We don't look at their their DFS and say, oh well this is this is this is good. We will only be interested if that, that DFS provides a basis for us to apply what we know and give a delta of value over and above what's recognized and uh, and to see the the risk issues. So uh, I, I believe that these these two uh, uh, strategies are part and parcel. I would have loved to have had a, a project uh, last year, and uh, and we we the amount of work we're doing in there, and uh, which which would amaze people, and it didn't detract from us completing our PFS. We can manage our time. We can manage uh, what what we do. Um, uh, we we've, we're evaluating about three or four of these things, and. Uh, and then how how they suit where where we want um, to go. It's all all part and parcel of um, you know the total the total holistic company. Okay, okay, that's that's interesting to me. I, I wouldn't have guessed you would apportion it equally. So if I may, then on the M and A, you've had time to look at you know, loads of companies, loads of assets around them. You know where they all are. You know you know everyone. So I assume you've been having some conversations. So. Given the market's recovering, things are getting more expensive. It's all relative, but it's still nevertheless getting more expensive. Are you seeing anything out there that you are attracted to and think that you can get over the line? Or is it just, again, it's just a waiting game to sort of see if something comes up, see if someone has oh, a distress situation? See. Is there a distress situation out there? I know. I, well, I think in, in the end, uh, you know, you, you talk to a lot of people in the game and... Um, and you're probably talking to the only person that's actually built a uranium company in the junior brigade. I don't want to harp on this too much, but that's 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 a fact. So you've got to work out yourself as the interviewer to say, this guy that I'm talking to today, will he be there uh, four or five years, that guy, that drum, that board that is going to be pulling out and, and, and selling uh, um, uh, yellow cakes, drums full of yellow cakes? 
And if you say yes, every one of those will be, were you and I on a different path? So this, this opportunity that we offer is something that we can take on that responsibility and, and, and with that credential and all that it offers both to that company and to our own in terms of its shareholders. There are sort of certain difficulties in, in getting that alignment and, uh, and, and people on the face say, oh, yeah, this is a, this is a great idea. And, uh, and then when it comes to what needs to be sort of uh, sorted out, it, it takes a bit of time. There are other things now that, you know, that are available to us as well uh, because of this recalibration of, the, of, of, of companies and, uh, and, the, um, and even in, in relative market cap terms, uh, things haven't got out of control that much in terms of the value, in terms of, you know, if what we see in some of these in terms of the value that we can extract from them still leaves, you know, a room, much room for uh, creative value. But we, we, A, we can't talk about it. B, we can't talk about it to those groups because until something's done, it's, it's, it's our information in terms of how we see some of these things. So all I can say is there's, there's discussions going on. Um, I think as, more, as, as the events come closer, those, those, uh, 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 those decisions have to be uh, made more quickly, uh, in my opinion, both for the other companies and ourselves. I mean, we've got you know, options they haven't. Um, I'm not interested in, uh, in, in, uh, in doing strategic uh, involvement with, uh, with uh, utilities. Why should I? Why should I uh, uh, carve off 25% of my project and, and lose that, that, that power of that project? Uh, I'll, I'll turn it into a contract and own 100% of it if I can get my finance and if I can do all of these sort of things. I think uh, the team has that overall credibility to think like this, but not to sort of, um, you know, a little bit selling your soul. But that utility, all it wants is, is product. And, uh, and the, um, so there's all sorts of ways that things will come in uh, in terms of what, how Deep Yellow can think and package certain things um, as long as, Companies don't give away in the meantime too much so you, to others. You, so you, you feel in control. You want to maintain 100% control of any M&A activity going f forward, not open for partnerships uh, um, or otherwise. No, Is that what you say? No, I, I'm, I'm saying that uh, in terms of the actual projects themselves, they can be all sorts of things. They can be a farm in. Uh, they can be you know, a joint venture where we have operational control. Uh, they can be all, all of the above in what you could imagine M and A to be, and I'm not precluding it, but I am I am saying that it has to be of of accretive value to everybody, and not just an exiting for one party where they don't care what happens uh, in terms of the 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 consequence. Gotcha. And um, gotcha. So let's talk about JobMec because um, you know people look at Japan and go, are they ever going to get their their nuclear reactors back online? Why would a Japanese company be involved with uranium? Yes, what's happening? And that's a, that's a pretty good point actually. The 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 underlying sort of belief of the Japanese 
uh, or the, those ones that think how Japan is going to survive, is, is really personified in the new prime minister. He's saying, hey, guys, it's got, you can't do it without nuclear. We're going to go zero for 2050. Nuclear is in. And, and that's what I call leadership, you know, and it'll go where nuclear has to be maybe now, you know, in the sort of 30% uh, share and not this bloody dream time stuff that was going on before. And even though the previous governments believed in nuclear to have the fortitude to say this is what's going to happen. And, uh, and I think many countries are doing that. I think they are. I think they are. We talk about it in our weekly um, uh, Uranium show on, on, on the Private Investors Club that we have. Um, and yeah. that's been a big, yeah. big topic. One of the you know, questions comes up comes up quite a lot. So it's the way the geopolitics works and the way that countries are having to sort of backpedal or yes. at least kick the can down the road. So it, fascinating space, as always. Love talking about it every week. Um, so... I think just just to kind of summarise, because I know I've taken a lot of your time on on a on a Monday evening. I mean, honestly, how could I? So bad. Um, is PFS? Uh, it's what you wanted. Um, it's telling you what you want, what you thought you'd, what you thought you would hear. It's a it's a kind of multi cycle uh, type size in terms of the scale here. You're clear about what you need in the marketplace. Uh, it seems on pricing, and you think the market will probably start paying attention sooner rather than later. You got the band back together, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing. We haven't talked about it, but I'm, I'm, I'm maybe maybe one for next time, because again, I'm conscious of, conscious of the, the timeframes here. Um, and M&A, not ruled out, um, but it's got to be the right deal for you guys. Yes. That's yes. not a bad conversation, John. Yes. That's a lot we talked about today. I've loved it. Mate, I think it's here. It's uh, as I say when when we we get to our next thing. I'd love to chat with you. I always do, and uh, and see if we can get this sector moving. Not not just me, but you know the whole supply demand issue. Well, John, I loved it. Thank you very much. Keep keep saying what you do and doing what you say. We love it. Uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Thanks for giving us the time, mate. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.